This episode of the Sticks and Blades podcast is brought to you by Quite Trill Radio, the best hip-hop internet radio show on the planet. If you know me or you train with me in the past, you know that I hate to train in silence, and that's where Quite Trill comes in. Quite Trill is the soundtrack to all of my training sessions. Quite Trill Radio has over 50-plus episodes that are about two hours apiece that are going to bring you some of the best in hip-hop, soul, and R&B, as well as underground hip-hop music. To listen, follow them on Facebook or Instagram at Quite Trill Worldwide. That's Quite, Q-U-I-T-E, Trill, T-R-I-L-L, Worldwide. Quite Trill Radio. Welcome to the Sticks and Blades podcast for episode five. I'm your host, Doug Marsh. And my guest today, he's a 22-year naval veteran. He's an author. He's the founder of Majapai Dorobio Screma. And I think he's one of the more interesting uh, figures in the Filipino martial arts today. And you guys will enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the show, Grandmaster Dan Medina. How you doing today, sir? Uh, I am doing well, Doug. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. So... In regards to leadership, how do you define leadership, and when did you realize that you had the skills to lead? Well, leadership, uh, I don't know, that's, that's something, you know, some people are sometimes born with it, you know, and and they're just uh, naturally gra- gravitate towards that spectrum, you know. And, uh, you know, I, from the very, very beginning when I started in martial arts, you know, because, you know, I uh, was traveling around the world. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have your instructors and then you don't have them. And so you have to develop training partners, you know, and, you know, you go out there and you start, you know, you might not be an instructor, but, you know, you start uh, just gathering people together and training them so you could continue your training. And so, you know, it's just, it was inherent, you know, it was there, you know, and and I'm lucky that, you know, it happened that way. Yeah, absolutely. I ran into a similar situation. I remember when I started training uh, Filipino martial arts in Pekiti, I was with my instructor, I want to say for about a year or so, and then I ended up moving from Austin to San Antonio, but I still had the drive and, you know, like the passion to train. And uh, and I started a little training group, and, you know, here we are, what, like 18 years later, and it's still going strong. Very fortunate. But in regards to uh, the Filipino martial arts, we had a, uh, a good conversation last week, and uh, there were a lot of great things that came out of that conversation. And one of them was your viewpoint on the Filipino martial arts being a living being. Uh, Can you elaborate on that and what you meant? Well, what I mean by that is, is that, you know, it's, 
it's a living, breathing uh, art, right? If if it, it it continues to grow, and you know, and and the reason for it growing is that you know we're we're not always going to be that same person. You know, we change over time, and the way we look at things change over time. And so we see new things, we uh, discover new things. And so even in old things that we were doing years ago that you might have not found a purpose for it, all of a sudden it has a new life. And so, you know, it's a, it, it breeds, it, it lives, and, and it has to do that in order to survive. Absolutely. Evolution's key, you know, so when we start training, I agree with you that, you know, the way some of your methods, when you come into it, you have your ABCs, you know, you always have to start with your ABCs and uh, that's important. But beyond that, you know, you're, I, I definitely agree with you that the art, it does have to grow. It has to evolve. That's how it stays, it stays alive and, and stays relevant. So in regards to uh, teaching, you had brought up something that I thought was very interesting, and, and that's that when you teach a person coming in, a brand new green student, instead of going through the art per se, you pretty much jump right into the application of the art itself. What are some of the benefits that you see from doing that with brand new students? Well, the, the, the benefit is, is that you, know, you want them to see the art from the beginning, you know, that that it's useful, right? You, you d just don't want to do flowery moves and there's no purpose to them, right? You want to have a purpose to everything you do. And so when when you're out there and you're teaching this new student, you know, hey, yeah, you might just teach them angles number one and two, but, you know, you start off slowly and, and you have them block it and continue blocking it and continue blocking it. And then next thing you know, you know, you're giving him that same angle, but, you know, you're increasing the force to, you know, from, you know, 10%, 20%, 30%, up to 100%. And next thing you know, you're giving him a full blow and, and you're going, oh, yeah, this is easy to block, right? And so you just, you got to make it useful and, and make it to where they, they understand that, hey, this works. You know, if I do it the way I was taught, it works. You know, and so it's so you're not doing stuff, uh, blind moves that, you know, that you don't know what the purpose of that move is, right? You know, you just don't want to go out there and dance. You want to have the the actual application of what you're doing. Absolutely, that makes a hundred percent sense. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, I, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for anyone else. I do kind of put the training wheels on first and then I do go into the application. But I do understand, you know, what you mean about uh, making the art useful right away. You know, a lot of us, we we don't do that. You know, we kind of kind of build from the ground on up. But that's a very good training method, something different. Yeah, you know, because if I give you an angle number one and you block it softly, and then, you know, I increase the intensity to the to the next level and then the next level and the next level. And all of a sudden, you know, you're you're actually applying, 
that number one block at a at a hundred percent, and you're going, wow, hey, this this is this this works, right? And then you give them the number two, and then you increase the the force and keep going and keep going and keep going until he's he's done it at a at a hundred percent, and then you give them the one and the two, and and then you proceed like that and you just build like building blocks but each building block is going to be really really solid yeah absolutely so in in 1978 the year i was born you've been you've been in the filipino martial arts for 41 years and uh in 78 you began your training in arnie's 63 generals and uh, you began training that while you're stationed over in the philippines and you spent some time uh, while you were there in Alangapo city can you uh, talk to us about, you know, your training in 63 Generals and your time in Alangapo? Uh Sure. Well, when I was there, uh, I was assigned to the Office of the Provost Marshal. Uh, basically, that's like the Armed Forces Police. But instead of enforcing the law in a military installation, you're enforcing the law in the city. And back then, there was martial law going on where, you know, if you were in the military, an American out on the streets, you couldn't be out after midnight. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the uh, the training that, that we did, uh, again, everything in the Philippines, you know, they, they uh, when they trained there, they trained pretty hard. And, 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 and I, I was, I kind of really liked that because, you know, it, it just they put you in the mix of it right away. And so uh, while I was there, I had gone up to Baguio City with uh, my teacher, uh, Punungu, uh Ricardo Mendoza. And, uh, you know, he took us up there to, to learn in his hometown. And, you know, he in- introduced us to the chief instructor who was Manny M. De Leon. And, and you know he was the in in Baguio he was the uh, the head of the uh, the Black Masters Sphinx Karate Clan of the Philippines, and so Arnie's sixty three generals uh, they actually renamed it to Arnie's sixty uh, Arnie's sixty three generals or Kick sixty three generals, but it's still the the old Arnie's sixty three generals, and. Uh, uh, I like the application. You know, it was simple, it was direct, and you know, and I haven't seen anybody in the United States doing it yet. You know, I'm I'm the only one that 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 has uh, taught a few people that one system. Um, but again, you know, it's one of those systems that I just c- keep close to my chest because it, it, it was the first one that I, that I learned. You know. And, uh, and again, you know, the, the striking patterns are so different from everything else out there that it's kind of, uh, um, how would I say they're tricky, you know, and that they, they trick the, the, the defender, you know? And so, uh, so I, I just keep that one close to my chest. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You, you got to have something in that back pocket, you know. So what yeah. what kind of makes it a little different, uh, the Arnie 63 Generals from, from Derobio? Well, it, it's, it goes force to force. 
and you know whereas the robio is mostly uh, uh, passing or parrying but uh, the robio also has force to force uh, but the 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 part that I like about the robio is the passing and you know with each system you know you need to have both you have to have the soft side and you need to have the hard side and so it's like the yin and yang in the Filipino martial arts you know you have to have the hard and the soft uh, you know most people concentrate on the hard and you know whereas the soft you know it really throws you off balance you know when you run into it you know and so you know when I first learned it I uh, I'm going wow this is simple but in actuality it was complicated in its simplicity you know because it was so simple you couldn't think of it you know and so uh, you know that's why you know I love the Robio so much you know it just it has added so much to you know so much spice to my martial arts you know absolutely and you know during your time of training you know well let me go back our conversation that we had you you brought up some very interesting people and, and three of them they really stick out to me and one of them was uh grandmaster nari babao also uh grandmaster uh, flora via brill and of course grand great grandmaster padoy um could you tell us the story how you met grandmaster nari babao that one is uh, it was a fun story. Uh, actually, uh, I had just come back from the Philippines, and uh, I had uh, stopped by down in the Santo School, and uh, you know, and you know, had a good conversation with him, and I told him, you know, that I had been studying in the Philippines. And, you know, uh, Daniel Santo gave me a copy of his book, autographed it and everything. And, of course, you know, in that book are all the people that taught him Filipino martial arts. And so I'm on, uh, on this ship, and I look up one day, and I see this guy, and he looked really, really familiar. And I'm going, wow, I've seen this guy before. And so I go back down into my locker, and, and I and I get Daniel Santos' book, and I start leafing through all the instructor pages on there, and lo and behold, there's this guy that looks like the guy that was up on the flight deck. So I get the book, I run back up to the flight deck, and I say, hey, is this you? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and I go, wow, can you teach me? And he goes, no. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he wouldn't, you know, he just... He was he, he was so selective in students that you know he you know had people going to his house asking to learn and he would just turn everybody away you know and so uh, you know so I you know I, I continued to try to talk to him every time I saw him and all of that and there, and every once in a while I would ask you know hey you know you sure you won't change your mind and teach me and he would nope not, I'm not accepting any students, you know. And so uh, then one day he caught the the chicken pox. And, you know, as a lot of people know, uh, you know, the Filipinos, you know, are 
are not exposed to the chickenpox as young kids as we are. He actually caught it as an adult. And so all his Filipino friends disappeared, you know. And so they, they had put him in quarantine while we were still out at sea loading ammunition on a ship. And so I go, well, I had the chicken pox before, so uh, I ain't, I'm not going to catch it again. So let me go get a couple of Black Belt magazine books inside Kung Fu and stuff, go down to quarantine and go give him a visit. And so I, every day, you know, after work, I would go down there and, and you know, bring him magazines to read and stay in there and talk to him and all of that. And I never asked him again to if, if, if he would accept me as a student. You know, I just tried to be his friend. And then when we got done uh, with the offload of the ammunition, the ship pulled back into port, you know, because they don't like to load and offload uh, ammunition while the ship is in port. And so when we got back to port, you know, he, he asked me to do him a favor. And I said, sure. He goes, well, go down to my locker, get my car keys, and, you know, take them to my wife. And, uh, you know, just tell her that you're my new student. And so I'm going, oh, wow, you know, to myself, you know. And uh, so I went and got the keys, got the car, drove it to her house, gave her the car keys and everything, you know. And, and she goes to me, you know, you don't know how lucky you are. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, you know, and, and this is uh, Zina Babao, his wife. And, and she goes, uh, you don't know how many people tried to get uh, my husband to teach them. And, you know, so you're so lucky that he accepted you as a student. And, you know, he was a pretty tough taskmaster. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, here's learn 1 through 12 today's class is number one, you know, <laughs> and you did that till he thought it was perfect, you know, and then when, when number one was perfect, then you did number two, you know, and then you did one and two, and then you did three, and then you did one, two, and three, but you didn't go to the next move until he thought those moves were precise, so you had to do them with uh, power, speed, and precision, and you had to stop exactly where he wanted you to stop, you know? And he'd come by and correct you, just like in the old Kung Fu movies, you know? <laughs> but, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, here it is, you know, 40-something years later, and because of his teaching style, I still remember it, you know? So very by the book, very uh, meticulous as far as his uh, oh, teaching is concerned. super meticulous. It was, you don't you don't get the next move until you have this move down pat, you know. And as a result, you know, you know, I have you know what is it for forty something years of doing those moves because I still practice them. You know, it's not something that I learned and then stopped when I learned something else. You know, I still practice my moves. You know, and if you taught me something and I found it useful, I'm not stopping. And, and, you know, and, and that's how it's been. You know, I, I practice everything these guys have ever taught me. And, uh, and so as a consequence, you know, when I'm working out with somebody, you know, if you change what you're doing, I'm able to change right with you because of 
the vast amount of knowledge that all these teachers have been able to instill in me. Yeah. So, so I'm how, really appreciative. Absolutely. How many years did you end up spending with Grandmaster Babao? I spent four years on the ship with uh, Grandmaster Babao. And then when I got transferred, I continued training on and off, and I would still go visit him. And every time I got a chance to go to California, I would always go and visit him at his house. And, and he'd go, well, you know, you're doing this move correctly, but, you know, a little bit of some other move kind of uh, bled into this move. And, <laughs> you know, and he goes, and so... You know, so, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, things bleed in from other systems, you know, but, but the gist of the move or the gist of whatever it was he taught me was still there. You know, it's like the blocks were there, they were perfect and everything, but, you know, I added my own little touches, you know. Yeah, so. And, and you know, and it's as, as it should be because you're growing, you know, you know, the art, you, you, you become the art, you know. Yes, sir. I, I get that. And uh, another person I wanted to bring up that I asked about was uh, Master Floral Villabril. So for those of you guys that are listening that are like Filipino martial arts nerds, I'm pretty sure you've heard that name Floral Villabril. And, and for those of you guys that don't know, this guy is like a legend, like he's the grandmaster's grandmaster. I consider him like one of the first modern era uh, grandmasters in the Filipino martial arts. Could you tell us about uh, Master Villabril and uh, how you met him and uh, his stories about his experiences with the art? Well, you know, that, that again, you know, it's like my life has always brought me to the right place at the right time in the right moment and things have just fallen into place. And so it just happened that when I'm got transferred to Hawaii, I uh, was a skipper on a uh, torpedo boat. And, uh, you know, it was a 102-footer, and, and basically we would spend, you know, half our time in Hawaii or uh, Oahu, and then the other half of our time over in Kauai. And that, that's where uh, Floravilla Braille used to live. He actually lived in uh, a, a small city named Kapa'a, and uh, and so I uh, was going down there to all you know back and forth between you know Oahu, Waikiki, and and the uh, and uh, the other islands, and so I. Uh, got an opportunity to train with like uh, Greg Lantayao and, and some of the uh, Villa Braille students that were over there. And, uh, and then they gave me the address to, to his house. And so I went and visited uh, Grandmaster Floral Villa Braille and, 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 and we just, you know, like, you know, we, we, we've always been taught to respect our elders. And so, you know, before going there, I, I got a gift basket, you know, to, to, to give him a gift basket as a, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to honor him, you know, because, you know, these guys are legends. And so, uh, you know, you don't go visit somebody like that empty handed, you know? And so, uh, 
you know, I went to visit him, and then we sat down at the table, and, and you know, he offered me drinks and all of that, and we started talking, and, and you know, I told him that I had studied with uh, Nari Babao, and I was studying with uh, Grandmaster Padoy, and, I mean, we just hit it off, and, and we just started talking stories, and he actually uh, told me, you know, his life story, you know, of, of how he learned and you know he told me of, of of that last fight that he had in uh in the philippines the one that was uh sanctioned by governor general murphy who was the governor general of the philippines at that time early 1900s and uh you know he told me about that fight uh, of how they fought in the ring and 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 he said that that the the guy he was fighting was a, a Moro or a Moor, and uh, you know he uh, and that he was had super athletic abilities, and that he was very acrobatic also, and so you know he said you know the guy was able to jump over my head and 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 able to rain blows on me, and you know we fought and it was a hard fought fight and he goes if we had fought with bladed weapons because you know after the fight they both went to the hospital and you know Philip Rail survived and the other guy didn't but Philip Rail told me if they had used bladed weapons the other guy would be the one that would have survived and he would have been the one that would have passed away Jeez. I mean it was, you know, it was, uh, you know, quite a story, you know. And then, of course, you know, he pulled out the the the, the big certificate. You know, it's got it had its little water stains on it and everything. Cause you know, it was pretty old. And you know, but he showed it to me, and he showed where Governor General Murphy signed it and all of that. And so, you know, that's a piece of history that you're looking at. And so. And, you know, and, and while you're there, you know, you, you're just having such a great time listening to all these stories. And, you know, and, and, and also, you know, we had some fun moments where, you know, he goes, you know, I'm going to show you how to defend against an angry woman, you know, and things like that. You know? and, <laughs> and, 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 and he just played a joke on me, right? <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was, and, I, and I'm just laughing it off and, yeah, if we ever meet in person, I'll show you. <laughs> please, please do. I I need all the help I can get. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, we just had a great time, you know. And then you know, it's the 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 sun was starting to go down, and and it, and and it was getting time to where, you know, hey, you know, I gotta go because you know I'm still in the military and I and I gotta go back to my boat, and so you know he had me. Uh, actually kneel down facing the sun and he said close your eyes and he laid his hand on my head and you know he said you know a prayer over me you know and basically gave me his blessing you know and so i've only had that happen to me twice in my lifetime you know uh where somebody's uh bestowed a blessing on me and that was uh floral and uh, great grandmaster Padoy when I got promoted to full instructor, you know, and 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 you know that, you know those those uh, 
are moments that, you know, I cherish, you know, because, you know, they're two legends that laid their hands on me, you know? Absolutely. That's the absolute, that's the absolute ultimate seal of approval to me. That's, that's awesome. So with Master Padoy, when you met him, uh, how did that come about? Well, you know, the, that actually came about as an accident. And again, you know, they're great accidents because, you know, it's like it was meant to be. Uh, when I had left uh, uh, San Diego and moved to Hawaii, uh, Grandmaster Nari Babao had told me, okay, I want you to go train uh, with Snooky Sanchez because he trained on the Villa Rail. And, uh, and I said, okay. He goes, uh, but I want you to go pay your respects to great Grandmaster Padoy. Uh, you know, he's retired and not teaching anymore. And so I said, okay, all right. And so when, when the plane landed uh, in Hawaii, uh, we got our hotel room and I, I looked in the yellow pages and, and uh, white pages, I mean, and found uh, uh, Pidoy's name in there and I called his house. And so I said, yes, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a, a student of Nari Babao and I was told, you know, to, to, to call and, and pay my respects. And he says, well, you know, we're, we're having class right now and, you know, just uh, grab a cab and, and come on down, you know? And, and, uh, and, and so I just did that. I just dropped everything, you know, hadn't even unpacked yet from arriving in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, we're in the hotel room. We took a cab there and, uh, you know, went to his house and, Again, you know, we brought a, uh, you know, stopped off and got a little fruit basket and stuff, you know, just to, you know, pay your respects, you know. Uh, that's the old-fashioned way, you know. And so, you know, I, I get there and, and you know, I do the, it's called mano. Mano means uh, when you pay your respects, you actually, you grab the, the hand of your elder. Instead of shaking the hand, you you grab the hand and you bring it to your forehead. Yes, sir. That's I'm familiar. Mano. That's called mano. Yes, sir. And uh, and so that's the way of paying respects to your elders. And, you know, that's how I paid my respects to them. And we started talking and some of the uh, uh, senior uh, redshirt instructors were there. And, you know, they were all having a good time talking and all that. And, you know, he, he asked me, so, so you want to learn Filipino martial arts? And I go, oh, yeah, really bad. <laughs> and he goes, if you want to learn, you'll be here Monday. Or I can't remember, you know, I'm just saying that as a, as a day. I don't remember the exact day, but he just said, you'll be here on this day and we'll start training. And, you know, and <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's history now, you know, because... You know, I, I did, you know, I thought he was retired. Everybody thought he was retired, but, you know, he accepted me as a student, you know? And, and so, you know, I started learning, you know? And, you know, when people ask me, do you, do, you know, cause you know, you're still meeting other martial arts people and stuff while you're living there. And 
people ask me, you know, do you do martial arts? Yeah, I do Filipino martial arts and show me. And so I would show them what Nari Babao had taught me or the Arnie 63 generals. But what I was learning from Master, uh, Master Padoy, that was, uh, I didn't show that to anybody because, you know, I was just learning it now. And, you know, and to me, you know, you know, I wasn't, you know, at the time authorized to teach that or anything like that. So I just kept that to myself, you know. It wasn't until after I became a full instructor and had left Hawaii and and I was in, in New Mexico that I realized, holy cow, what a gem he had laid in my hands with this art, you know. Uh, it's just you don't realize what you have until you don't have it anymore, you know? And, you know, and, you know, so, you know, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I took it for granted. I'm just saying I appreciated it even more once I wasn't there, you know? And, but unfortunately, you know, that doesn't happen with everybody. You know, a lot of people learn a martial art and they forget about the teacher, you know? And, to me, I made a promise to, to myself and, and to him that I would never bring dishonor upon him or his art, you know? And that's one thing that I've kept tr- true to my word, you know? I uh, will always bring honor to my teachers, you know? Because, uh, you know, without them, I wouldn't be here, you know, where Absolutely. I am today. I agree. I agree. You know? But you know, the Robio is it's 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 such a multifaceted art, you know. And the 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 stick locks that it has, you know, other Filipino martial arts have stick locks, but none of them, you know, come close to to what these are. You know, it's just it's so incredible that that such a art exists, you know. And it's, you know, put in our hands to make sure that, you know, that it doesn't die and, and, and continues to survive, you know? Yeah, I've had the opportunity to look at several videos of you on YouTube, and uh, it, it just looks incredible. You know, I'm a I'm a self-proclaimed martial arts nerd, so I, I'm always looking at video and, and not just looking at the moves, but also looking at some subtleties of how things actually work and 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 I must say yeah. that those locks they look extremely painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually had you know somebody. Uh, I remember I was doing a uh, a small seminar in Washington D.C. and the guy goes, "You know what? I seen this on video, but holy cow, what a difference it is to see it in person. You know, videos do not do justice to what I do. You know." Because you see it, and it doesn't look like much. But you stand in front of me, and you'll see <laughs> such a big difference. You know, because, like, again, the video cannot show what what is hidden, you know? Absolutely. I Well, the thing that I look at is the expression on the guy's face that's screaming in pain, and that's definitely authentic. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's an authentic thing. <laughs> Like, there's no way that he's faking being in that much pain, the screams and everything. So, so, so there's five branches of, of the art of Dorobio and, and your branch is uh, Majapai. Uh, 
Why is the system broken up into five separate branches? Well, you know, uh, you know, all systems, you know, uh, go through their little internal uh, turmoils or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, the master might get sick or die and somebody else becomes the grandmaster and, you know, you have different views of how the art should be taught and, uh, you know, when, 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 you know, we were, we weren't any different when, when Grand, Grandmaster Padoy passed away, you know, there, there was a little bit of strife in there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm one of the guys that kept saying, you know, hey, you know, we need to stay united. We got to be, you know, we're strong if we're together and all of this, you know, and, and, and so, you know, you try to, you know, keep everything on the good, you know, and so, you know, you know, it's unfortunate that it happens, you know, but, you know, it's also fortunate that now, even though that happened in the beginning, now everybody is actually all on the same page. You know, we're, we're, we're all trying to, to, to do our best to, to spread the art of the rodeo, you know, and, and, and we try to, uh, you know, help each other, you know, and, uh, in our own ways, you know, and, and because, you know, some people only know the rodeo, right? And so uh, that's what they teach, you know, and some others that have been exposed to more arts, you know, are a little different in, in that what we have to all remember is, you know, we, we are not all carbon copies, of great grandmaster Pidoy or uh, grandmaster uh, Babao or Punanguru, Ricardo Mendoza, you know, we, we we're all individuals and everything that we've ever learned becomes part of us. And, you know, it's like learning that, like when you were talking about learning the ABCs and, you know, we all start, the ABCs the same way with block letters and then you know for o us older people who were taught cursive writing you know <laughs> <laughs> right you know we uh, you know we all have our signature right and our signature changes through time but it's still our signature you know and so it's the same thing with our martial arts our martial arts are like our signatures, you know, and our signatures change. It, our signatures evolve, you know, some, some signatures are real pretty and other signatures like a doctor's signature, you can't read, but it's still a signature, you know? And, you know, so, you know, it, it just, it changes, it evolves over time, you know? And, and you can see where, where, you know, one move can be adapted into another system. And, you know, because some moves are just made to where they just fit right in. Yes. Right? And so, you know, you don't take a hard style and 
and try to make a soft style into a hard style. But you could find hard style moves that could blend into soft style moves without changing the uh, the flavor or the uh, the way the art looks, right? But you can intensify the way the the art is applied, and so uh, you know, and so you know, I, I, I it it has happened, you know, where. You know, I'll be doing the Robio and all of a sudden something from another art just pops out and it's there and it's there in a the blink of an eye, you know, and it's so fast that, you know, you didn't have time to think. It was just your subconscious putting something together, you know, in, in, in a part of a puzzle that just fit perfectly, you know, and and so you're moving, and and it's your self-expression. You know, it's it it the to me the the system has evolved. It's gotten deadlier. You know, I uh, I had uh, a uh, a summer camp that I was doing in New Mexico, uh, where I had martial arts experts from all over the world come down to teach. And so you know, I had the gold medalist of sambo teaching I had a uh, uh, couple of k1 and uh, fighters there uh, I had uh, you know Greg Jackson of the uh, famous uh, UFC fight trainer uh, you know there uh, I had uh, uh, let's see uh, um, Richard Bustillo you know of uh, Bruce Lee, uh, Jeet Kune Do fame and, and stuff, you know, and so, uh, you know, I had all these people there and I had, and I had Richard Bustillo come to me and he goes, you know what, I've seen the Robio before, but what you've done is create an entirely new animal. And I'm going, wow, what a compliment coming from, you know, Richard Bustillo. A legend. And so, uh, you know, and, you know, actually, uh, when that was said, uh, you know, uh, Tuhan Bratton Jordan was actually present when that was said, you know, and so you know, it's not like I'm making it up, you know, it, it happened, you know, and so, uh, you know, and so to me, you know, my martial arts has continued to grow. It is a living martial art. And, you know, and even Master Padoy, you know, he had traveled island to island to train with different masters after learning the Robio. And, you know, and there were days, you know, we'd be training and, and you know, and he'd be doing, you know, the, the Robio, which is basically the passing. And then, you know, every once in a while he would do a, a, a stop or a force-to-force move. And he goes, it can also be done this way. And then go back to the other way, right? And just to show you that, you know, it didn't matter. And, you know, to me, you know, if I am a, if I have mastered an art, it's not going to matter which foot I'm standing in. I'm going to be able to make it work, you know? And, you know, and so, because you got to remember, now you have become the art, you know? The art is you, you know? And... And you got to make it happen from any position, any angle, anywhere you're at, you know? 
And so, you know, when somebody comes by and says, well, you're standing on the wrong foot. I, and I go, if he didn't hit me and it worked, it's good. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> and, you know, the only mistakes you make is when you get hit, you know? Yes, sir. And so, you know, and I, and I tell that to my students, too, you know, because a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll be doing their stuff and, and all of a sudden, you know, instead of passing, they'll stop the blow. And then they'll stop. And I go, why did you stop? He goes, because I went to force to force. I go, did you get hit? He goes, no. Then keep on going, you know? And so, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's just don't freeze. Don't, don't, don't you know, the only mistake that you can make is getting hit. That, to me, is the mistake. If you didn't get hit, you did it right, you know? And so, you know, and, and, and you know, when we're out there doing demos, I mean, there are no mistakes. The only mistake I, I always tell them, you know, you, you, you know what you're doing. And if you didn't get hit, you don't stop. You keep going. You keep doing your demonstration. You know, stopping in the middle of a demonstration tells people you don't know what you're doing. And yes, you made a mistake. We don't make mistakes. You know, the mistake is getting knocked out. You know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. One of the things that you brought up that I think is really interesting, you said this maybe a minute or two ago, and I had to write it down, and it was uh, the value of self-expression. How valuable do you think self-expression is in the martial arts? Well, it is, it is pretty valuable because, like I was saying before, we are not copies of our instructors. You know, we're all, we have all our individual... Uh, little quirks and things that nature has built into us, you know, and we're not going to be able to move perfectly like our instructor. We're going to be able to move perfectly like ourselves, you know? And so, you know, you have to, um, you know, take what God gave you and work with it, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and just go from there, you know, and, you know, when we are doing stuff, because we, we do hundreds of thousands of repetitions, especially after, you know, it's like, you know, we, we started in, you know, from uh, 1978 when, when, when I was learning in, 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 in the Philippines. But, you know, before that, in 1974, when, when I first uh, met Ricardo Mendoza, you know, you know, that's that's a lot of years. And, you know, you're doing this, you know, at first, you know, when I was teaching, I was teaching, uh, I think it was uh, seven days a week, five hours a day minimum, you know. And so, you know, you're 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 putting hundreds of thousands of repetitions, you know, and. You know, you can't do all those repetitions and not learn something, you know? <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> so, you know, and so, you know, those repetitions will teach you stuff that weren't taught to you by your teachers, you know? And so, and there's so many discoveries that you'll make, self-discoveries, you know? They might not be new discoveries, but they're new to you, you know? Yeah, I always tell and my... So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but, but I always tell my students that 
the the best training you can get is when you're not training with me because it it is true (laughs) you know i can't be there i'm not going to be there to fight for you and my teacher isn't going to be there to fight for me so you you do have to find different ways of of doing things of engaging the art and uh expressing yourself yeah and so yeah so you know that's why i always say you know uh you know the you can tell who trained the person by the way they move, but if you put all the students side by side, all their basics will be the same, but all their advanced moves will be unique to them. You know, I wholeheartedly uh-huh. agree. Um, I'm gonna sidebar and give a little story because you said uh, about your movements that people can tell who you train with. So. When I first started training Pekiti, again, I, w- I started in Austin with uh, Tuhan Leslie Buck. And after I had left Austin, I came back here to San Antonio and I was looking for a Pekiti Tertius school. And uh, I found one. And there was a gentleman that was training there at the time that is that was very well known in Pekiti circles. His name was, uh, was Guru Ricky Riera. And I knew who Ricky was you know, by his reputation. And this guy's like one of the best fighters that, uh, that Leo Gaje has ever produced. And I hadn't sparred up until that point at all. So my first person that I ever sparred, it was Ricky Riera. And so I'm, you know, (laughs) they're like, you're going to get out there with Ricky. I'm like, Oh shit, you know, (laughs) not Ricky, you know? So I get out there with Rick and, and Ricky, you know, he pretty much does his thing. He handles me. And at the end of it, he said, You've trained with uh with Erwin Bayarta, haven't you? I said, No, I haven't trained with Erwin. I've trained with his student Leslie. He goes, Oh, I can tell by the way you move. Your mechanics are really good. And I thought that, that was really strange, you know, that he could see that. Yeah. But you uh yeah. you wrote a book a few years ago and it was called uh, The Secret Art of Dorobio. What inspired you to write that? Well, you know, I've always wanted to write a book on martial arts and you know I I was one of those guys that would start the book and then put it down restart the book then put it down I was always starting it but never finishing it you know and uh, you know uh, my uh, at the time I had uh, uh you know, been going out and doing a lot of seminars on Derobio. And so the FMA informative, you know, wrote a, a big, uh, actually they did a, a full issue uh, on me and Derobio Escrima. And uh, let's see. And they also, they also did one on, uh, on, on, on Grandmaster Nari Babao, which they asked me to contribute a story on how I met him and, and learned from him and stuff like that. And and then I, let's see, I came out in Action Martial Arts Magazine on the cover, and they did a story on, uh, you know, about me and, 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 and how, you know, because what I do is so different from what everybody else does that it really intrigued them. 
and so they 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 really liked and so they wrote a pretty nice story in in action martial arts magazine and you know i got inducted into the uh, international karate and kickboxing hall of fame for teaching uh filipino martial arts and then the uh um Let's see, the World Head Family Sokership Council, uh, you know, inducted me into their Hall of Fame. And uh, I uh, I think I was uh, inducted a, a couple of times into their Hall of Fame. And the last time was as a, uh, uh, a, a living, what do you call it, uh, uh, something or another, you know, <laughs> so many times, you know, and so, you know, all these, uh, you know, uh, inductions, you know, because the World Head Family Sokership is made up of uh, people like, uh, you know, the inductees are like Ron Van Cleef and uh, to Jackie Chan and uh, the Gracies, you know, the the, the the father and uh Rory and Gracie and it's basically it's it's all the who's who of the grandmasters, you know? Yeah, and familiar. so I got inducted into that and and um and so uh I had uh, Doctor Mark Wiley give me a call and at the time he had been uh getting ready to put out a, uh, a book on Filipino martial arts disarms. And he asked me for a couple of, you know, disarms that he could add to his book, which I gave to him. And so I came out in that book. And uh, then a couple of months later, uh, you know, they, uh, the, they passed that law in the Philippines, making the uh, Filipino martial arts the national martial art of the Philippines and you know Mark Wiley gave me a call again and you know he goes hey you know I you know I'm the publisher of Tambuli Media and uh, you know the the Filipino martial arts are a really hot commodity right now and you know right now people are talking a lot about you so if you will write the book I will publish it and so, so that gave me the incentive to uh, to actually write the book because now, you know, I had somebody that was going to hold me, you know, hold me to the fire, basically, you know. So he goes, okay, so give me a time limit of when this book is going to be done. So I go, well, maybe I could write it in maybe eight months or something. So I, I told them eight months. So the eight months came up, and he goes, okay, we're ready to publish your book. Where is it? And I go, oh, man, I'm not finished. You're going to have to give me another month or two. And I did. It took me a year to write it, you know. And, and you know, my wife, you know, took all the pictures, did all the editing, you know. And so, it's, I mean, I have to give her so much credit, you know, to, to put up with me and do all that work, you know, because that's a lot. That was thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures that you have to go through and then edit them and clean them up for the book, you know? She did all that, you know? And then, of course, you know, I wrote everything. And, you know, I'm not one of those, you know, 
classically trained writers that can keep your attention, you know? And so I wrote everything down and, and then I had my son look at it and he goes, dad, you know, if we change this word here, change this sentence, do this and do this. And, you know, this will keep everybody's attention on the, uh, on the book. And, 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 and your stories will be, you know, to where once they start reading it, they won't be able to put it down, you know? And so I followed my son's advice and let him, you know, uh, cross stuff out and replace words and, you know, and so, you know, so my son helped out a lot there and, and then, you know, we finally got the book, you know, published and, you know, and, and a lot of people told me, you know, once they started reading it, they couldn't put it down, you know? And so, so that was kind of, kind of cool, you know, to get, you know, that kind of feedback, you know, telling me that, you know, that the stories in, in, in the book really captured them, you know, and it's all historical. I had to do so much uh, digging, you know, because, you know, when you write a book, you're going to have people out there that are going to try to uh, take your book apart, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, that's how society is. So I, I took that into account. And so I really made sure that everything I wrote, I had historical written proof that that happened when it happened, you know? And so, uh, you know, so I got it from government documents and things like that. You know, uh, you know, General Ablin, you know, it's like, you know, until, you know, I put him into writing. You know, I had never heard of him before until Master Pedoy told me about him. And then I did that research and all of a sudden, you know, found out, oh, yeah, you know, he was, you know, out there and you know the u.s government had a big price on his head you know he commanded a large army in the philippines he was the most feared uh man in the philippines at that time you know in charge of uh you know uh hundreds of men and you know and you know when the this is right after the spanish-american war and the war against the Americans, which lasted about five years, and uh, which was, I, th I think that was called uh, the Philippine Insurrection. And, uh, you know, and so all this information was out there on him, you know, but it took a lot of digging to get it, you know. And, and so, you know, so writing about him and then writing, you know, what Master Padoy told me from all the stories, you know, that he had, recounted to me and, and, and that I could remember, you know, and so, you know, and, you know, and I, and, and, and I, you know, I put it in there, you know, Hey, this is real, this is historical and, you know, and, or this story you'll need to take with a grain of salt, you know, right. But everything I was told I put on paper, you know, and, and, and I put it, you know, and, and it was written in such a way that, yeah, once you start reading those stories, you don't want to put the book down. You want to know what's next. Yes, sir. Yeah. So as we uh, as we close out the show, I just wanted to, to pick your brain a little bit about the current state of affairs in, in the Filipino martial arts. You know, so how have you seen it grow and evolve since you started in, in 1978? 
the uh, it it has it it actually has grown in that it has become more open. You know, in in the in the seventies, you know, the 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 Filipino martial arts were pretty most closed to to most people. You know, unless you were of Filipino descent, unless you were uh, introduced by somebody or sent by somebody, you know, you didn't know what Filipino martial arts were back then. You know, everything was karate, judo, you know, kung fu, you know, but, you know, hardly anybody knew what Filipino martial arts were, you know, and, 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 and then if you did learn it, uh, and then you went to somebody else, you know, you just kept what you knew to yourself because you didn't want them to know that you knew already Filipino martial arts for fear that you'd be refused uh, to be taught, you know, because, uh, you know, the, the arts were secretive and they were, you know, this is our art, you don't share it with anybody, you know? And so, uh, and that's how it was. And now, you know, everybody is openly sharing their arts, you know, and, 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 and you have, uh, you know, gatherings where, you know, uh, Filipino martial artists from all over the country show up to these gatherings and, and they show a little bit of, of their art so that people can kind of get a, a little taste of what that art is like. And that was unheard of in the seventies and even in the eighties, you know, and, and now, you know, it, it's more commonplace. You see it in the movies, you see it here, you see it there. And so, and, and you have a, you know, a couple of really, really, uh, great martial artists out there that are holding events where they're opening, you know, uh, these venues to where people can come in and sample these arts. You know, you have the uh, Katipunan, which is put on by uh, 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 by it, and and then once a year, uh, you know, you have uh, uh, in California they they're they're doing uh, the same thing. Uh, the uh, they hold a gathering there. It's been put on a couple of times by uh, Chaz Sianco uh, of the Derobio. Uh, branch up there and and you know they've had you know people from all the different Filipino martial arts uh, show up and, and and do demos there and and and, and give uh, you know an hour hour and a half of uh, you know uh, demonstrations and you know um, and so you know all, all these uh, you know masters uh, guru uh, uh, Amaguru uh, Pambuan uh, does one in uh, in Orlando, and he brings in all all, all these different uh, you know Filipino uh, uh, combat kuntao, and you know he's had me there, and you know even uh, Bayets had me at his, and and so uh, the uh, it's it's a lot more open nowadays, and so people get a chance to experience and, and, and learn, you know, and, and see what fits them, right? Because it's not one art fits all, you know, it's, uh, it's what, 
you know, what flavor do you like, you know? <laughs> you know, some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, right? You know, and so uh, it's like that now with, with, uh, with the Filipino martial arts and these gatherings. You get to taste this one and you get to taste that one and, and you go, okay, which one, you know, uh, you know, intrigues you the most which one draws you to it the most right because you know the art has to draw you to it you know Cause it, like i was saying it's not one art fits all you know no it's not it's uh and so uh yeah the the, the it's it's become so much more open you know and which, which is a good thing because uh you know that also has made the art grow a little you know Yes. Instead of stagnating, you know? Yes, it has. So the way I like to close out the show is with my famous 10 questions. And uh, again, these aren't thought-provoking questions. They're just kind of fun. They're rapid fires. It's pretty much uh, the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, so I'm going to kick off the 10 questions. The first question I have... Okay. <laughs> first question I have, what's your favorite weapons category? Uh, swords. Your least favorite? I don't have a least favorite. I like all the weapons, you know. Okay. I uh, but if I had to say least favorite, I'd say right now it would be a flexible weapon. Okay. What do you love about the Filipino martial arts? Uh, I love that they can blend into anything, you know. And so uh, it, it it's one of those arts that. You know, when I, to me, it, it just reminds me of the Nike Swish, just do it, you know? Yes, sir. And, and the Filipino martial arts just let you do it, you know? Yes, it does. What turns you off about the Filipino martial arts? Mm, uh, actually, politics. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I hate politics. Me too. Yeah. Let's just get together and train and have a good time, right? That's it. You know. So what? These all these arts are good, and they all survived because they were good. You know. Yes, sir. And what do you love to do besides train? Besides training, I I, I like uh, studying. You know, I, I like you know, studying the history. Uh, you know, it's like knowing the history behind martial arts and not just Filipino martial arts, but, you know, all martial arts in general. You know, when I run into somebody and they tell me, I do Kyokushin Kai. Oh, okay, that, that was created by Masoyama. Or I do uh, Ishinru. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, Shinobaku. I I, I want to know the the founders of all these arts, and you know I want to be you know savvy in 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 the in the historical context of you know these martial arts, you know, so that you can actually have a conversation with somebody regardless of their style, you know, 
because you know who their founder was, what they went through, or, you know, things like that. You know, it's just like, you know, Hungar, you know, or, uh, you know, you know who has the Wang Fei Hong, which was one of the, the famous uh, uh, instructors, uh, you know, in their lineage, right? And so it's just knowing little things like that, you know, it's just, I like, uh, I just like knowledge. Okay. What do you hate? Say that again. What do you hate? What do I hate? Uh, I try not to hate anything. Okay. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> Shit. <No. laughs> <laughs> what martial? <laughs> okay. What? What martial art besides your own would you like to try? Uh, well, you know, I've tried so many. You got to remember, I've been around for a long time. Uh, I've done karate. I've done uh, kung fu. I've done judo. I've done uh, jujitsu. And I mean, so I, I, I've, I've kind of had a taste of so many. And, uh, 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 let's see if, if, if I had a chance to, to learn something that I had not been exposed to personally right now, uh, it would be, uh, La Verdadera Destreza. That's a different one. All right. So, what what martial art would you not want to try? Uh, let's see. Not want to try. Hmm. We gotta put the Jeopardy theme music on. We gotta figure this one out. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know. Uh, Let's see. Wushu. Okay. And last question and is... Too, too acrobatic and stuff. Yeah. I, I, What's that? No, I said I was, I was going to put the last question and just ask it. When, uh, when it's all said and done and you transition from this earth, what do you want your martial legacy to be? I just want people to, you know, just... You know, for the people that have been exposed to, to what I do, is for them to just keep on passing the torch. You know, um, and, you know I, uh, I've been written about in so many books that, you know, you know I'm not going to be forgotten about, but I just want people to remember the good parts of what this art can do for you. You know, it's like, you know, this art, you know, cause you know, you can learn a lot of arts, but one of them will, you know, do for you. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, it, it's hard to put into words, you know, cause, uh, you know, there's hundreds of, well, there's millions of people doing martial arts, but, you know, it, 
you know, if you don't put into it what you need to put into it, nobody's ever going to remember you, you know. Uh, you have to really, really put a lot into it, and that's what I want people to remember is I want people to remember that if they put into it, the art will pay them back, you know. Well, Master Medina, I, I really appreciate your time today. If uh, folks wanted to reach out to you, how could they get in contact with you on social media or website? Uh, yeah, they can get a hold of me on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm on there just as plain old Dan Medina. You know, I don't use any titles or anything like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, if you know my, uh, my phone number is... Uh, Nine zero four four one five seventeen thirty three. You know, and they they can get a hold of me that way. You know, and you know, um, but yeah, you know, Facebook or anything like that, it, it that would work. You know, and uh, you know, and you know, again, you know, Doug, I just want to say that. Wow, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, man. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Master Medina. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. Subscribe, rate, share, leave a review, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at South Texas Kali. Until next time, stay safe and train hard. Peace.